Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Friday, January the 7th, 2022. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to go over the really solid NBA main slate for tonight's action. We have a full nine-game slate on both DraftKings and FanDuel, and then 7.30, 30 minutes later than the lock on DraftKings and FanDuel, Yahoo, Yahoo comes in with an eight-game slate. So they're only missing that San Antonio-Philadelphia game, which are not sure is even going to go with the Spurs finally getting hit uh, hard with coronavirus. So uh, we'll see how that one plays along. I uh, really appreciate everybody jumping in and listening in. Uh, if you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Coach Talk, go to dfscoachtalk.com. We have a multitude of memberships there. On Friday, I always love to recommend that three-day for just 10 bucks because you get all of our NBA action today, and then you get NBA and NFL action tomorrow and Sunday. So it really is the best uh, day of the week to, to take advantage of that and dip your toe into the Coach Talk water. So uh, we'd love to have you. If you're watching uh, this right now on YouTube, please take a second, thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, and give us a quick couple of words, comment, question. That combination really helps us move up the algorithm uh, on YouTube. And while you're at it, in the upper corner there, you see that little bell, hit that, and that'll give you an alert every time one of our podcasts posts, which right now we're posting seven-day-a-week live podcasts in front of the paywall for the NBA, three NFL podcasts, and our weekly PGA podcast. So we are rocking and rolling here. Uh, love to have you join us. This is the perfect time. And uh, give us a try, dfscoachtalk.com. All right, we're going to dive into this slate today. It is a good one. All kinds of great plays all over the board. We've got some good chalk, some bad chalk. We've got some good value plays, and I'm sure we're going to get a lot more uh, as the day goes on. All right, again, the first game, 7 o'clock. It's on both uh, the FanDuel and DraftKings main slate of nine games. It's the San Antonio Spurs against the Philadelphia 76ers. Philadelphia is favored by seven. It's a 217 total. 105 for the Spurs, 112 uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers. As far as coming into this game, Phil, uh, San Antonio is 15 and 22. The Spurs are, I'm sorry, the Sixers are 21 and 16. Um, a lot of injury news in this game, that's for sure. Uh, Larry Walker, questionable for San Antonio. Kaycock, also questionable. The guys that we already know are out for the Spurs are Collins, Johnson, McDermott, Vassell, White, and Young. So they have definitely been hit uh, with the people being out as opposed to most of the time they've avoided it. But uh, they're joining the rest of the group. Um, as far as Philly, questionable Danny Green. He's probably still smarting after that 24 or 26 minutes with zeros everywhere. Uh, so he's questionable. I think his ego damaged. But uh, Isaiah Joe also questionable. Guys that are out, Maxie, Milton, Reed, Simmons, Springer. 
No one even talks about Ben Simmons anymore. What a, what a crazy thing that he's going to miss a whole season. All right, in this game, what are we looking at right off the bat? Again, you know, you've got some decent uh, defense here, but not to the level that they're used to on either side. Pace-wise, though, the Spurs are fourth, so they are playing fast, but they're going to be missing bodies. So we'll see how that affects. We know Philly slows the ball down, plays a lot of half-court defense or offense, and they're 26th in pace. So that's big pace down for the Spurs guys that are remaining. Uh, defensively, like I said, these uh, teams generally top 10 style teams over the last several years. They're in the bottom half of the NBA, 18th for the Spurs and 17th for Philly, which is really surprising since Embiid has been back for quite some time. A couple of different ways you can go here. Embiid's a big fat 11.2, and with 18 teams on the, the schedule here tonight, that's a big number to uh, bite off. But uh, Yaka Pirtle uh, is a decent defender uh, on the other side. So, you know, probably not my favorite spot to pay up for Embiid, but he has been smashing uh, lately for sure. And it is a pace-up game for Philly, which helps. So not out of the question, just not making my last cut as of right now. Harris at 7-8 has been very up and down this year. Um, and then after that, I mean, if you want to go down to Corkmaz at 5-1 or Seth Curry at 6-1, you've got you know some potential there. I mean, Philly's going to be short in the backcourt. So somebody's going to have to pick up the assist ratio, very possibly Curry at that 6-1 number. Uh, but Korkmaz at, at 5-1, we know he can have a blow-up game, uh, but he also can sting you. So you got to be very careful there. A uh, lot of bench guys uh, I'm not looking at uh, on the Philly side. For San Antonio, it's, you know, DeJounte Murray or Bust basically uh, most nights, and tonight's the same thing. He's 9-6, which is pricey, but, man, you know, they're going to count on him to do a ton. And it's an island game for both of these teams. So, you know, I haven't paid up for Murray most of the year, but, you know, I am a little tempted here, although Philly's 26th pace is the only thing holding me back from pulling that trigger. Uh, after that, just way too risky for me. Uh, don't want Jakob Pertle against Embiid. And just the whole mixture of Forbes, Walker, uh, Bates, Job, Trey Jones. I mean, those guys are okay, but uh, very risky. More GPP-ish, uh, I believe, on this slate with this many games. All right, game two. Now we're getting into all three of the uh, slates because Yahoo joins in here at the 7.30 game. The 7.30 game is Toronto minus 11 and a half against the Utah Jazz. So you say, what? Uh, but yeah, that's the truth. Utah has been just decimated with uh, COVID stuff too. And Toronto is pretty much healthy. So a quick turnaround here from where these two teams stood even 10 days ago. Yeah, Toronto 11 and a half. It's a 221 and a half total. 105 implied for Utah, 116 and a half for the Toronto Raptors. It's amazing how roster moves can change these numbers and totals and everything else. All right. So for Utah, uh, like everybody on earth is questionable for them. So we need to know who's coming in and out of COVID protocol in this game for sure. 
Right now, questionable. Clarkson, O'Neal, Gay, Whiteside. So there's four key players for the Utah Jazz. We know the guys that are out, Bogdanovich, Conley, Gobert, Ingles, and Mitchell. So yes, their studs are out. And we don't even know if the other guys are going to go. So this is a, is a game that also could be lost if things don't uh, shape up. Toronto, on the other hand, is good to go. They have two guys out, Drogic and Watanabe. They're out, but everybody else is back. So maybe the, what they're, whatever they're doing in Canada to uh, suppress the spread of this, uh, maybe we ought to do a little bit of the same here in, in the U.S. because it seems like they're doing much better. Um, statistically speaking, we do have Utah on the first night of a back-to-back. So not only do they have almost the entire squad out, but they have to play today, tonight, and tomorrow night. So it's going to be an interesting trek for the Jazz. Um, they are ninth in pace, Toronto 21st. Defensively, we know Utah's tough at fifth, but with this squad, I'd say 25th, to be honest with you. And then Toronto, not good defensively at 21st. So even though we're missing just an entire group of guys from Utah and the potential of this blowing out with Toronto being a double-digit favorite, there are some playable commodities here that are priced fantastic. I mean, I don't know how you don't go to a few of these Utah guys if they're in. Clarkson's only 5-5. Forrest, who has stepped up when needed at 3-2, is playable. Rudy Gay at four, Royce O'Neal at 4-1, who's going to find a lot more shots than he did before, and Hassan Whiteside at 3.5. Now, as Abuki got the start the last game at 3.3, so we'll see where he's going to fall in the mix. But, I mean, just such value there with the Jazz. As this game is played, uh, you almost have to go to a couple of these Jazz guys to really allow you to pay up in other spots, in my opinion. On the other side, you know, Toronto, you've got more fear of a blowout because they're so deep, whereas some of the Jazz guys will get stuck in there, even if it's a 15, 20-point game for some of the run. Um, But Toronto with Van Vliet, Trent, Ananobi, Barnes, and Siakam all playing, they're all pretty expensive. Gary Trent's only 5'9". He's the cheapest, but he left the game uh, in the last game, so we'll see. Uh, how he's doing here. Um, Tough call uh, all the way across the board here. I mean, with the bench back, too, of Boucher, McKay, Luke, Birch, Achua, and then all these guys going, I just don't want to spend up and take that risk here. So the Raptors are generally going to be just a flat pass for me today. All right, game three, it's the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets. Huge total here. This is your winner of the day for the biggest total at 228 and a half. It's Brooklyn minus five, 111.75 for Milwaukee, 116.75 for Brooklyn. This is the only other team on the whole slate where they're in a back-to-back situation. Milwaukee plays tonight, and then they play again on Saturday. Everybody else, the rest of the slate is on an island game. There were only four games last night, and there's six games tomorrow, but they spread it out. So just Utah and Milwaukee on the first night of back-to-backs tonight, everybody else island game, which helps. It really does 
in looking at these games, especially in COVID times. All right, so uh, again, that 228.5 total, you got to love that. That certainly gets everybody's attention. Um, coming into the game, Milwaukee's 25 and 15, Brooklyn 24 and 12. Uh, Giannis is probable. Uh, I'm counting him as in. Um, then the guys that are out for Milwaukee, Allen, Connington, DiVincenzo, Hill, Holiday, and Lopez. So still getting hit pretty hard uh, up and down for Milwaukee. Brooklyn, just two guys, Harris and Irving. Irving can't play because it's a home game. So that opens things back up a little bit with Harden and Durant. Uh, let's take a look at this head-to-head uh, -head here. So Milwaukee, 8th in pace, Brooklyn, 6th. So that's why you've got that top number uh, on the total of 228.5, two of the top eight pace teams in the league. Defensively, though, you've got Milwaukee, 11th, and Brooklyn, 6th. So there, there's a good piece of defense mixed into this. Uh, as well. So you got to weigh it all out. Uh, makes it very interesting. Uh, the question will be, you know, who's going to start for the Bucks with a lot of these guys out? Uh, looks like Giannis may be a no-brainer payup here, uh, especially with Holiday out now. I mean, yes, Middleton's going. He's a, an option at 7-9, but uh, rested Giannis at 11-4 uh, is right now my payup play. Uh, because he's going to have to score a lot here. Bobby Portis also a good option at 6-5. So this could be, you know, and deservedly so, uh, salary utilized here in this game. Uh, we need to see the combination of who else is going to get the big minutes. Is it going to be Noir at 5K, Javante Smart at 3.5? You know, don't want Wesley Matthews at 3-3, but, you know, the key guys, Middleton, Giannis, and Portis, all very playable. I think Giannis is maybe a must tonight. Uh, he's uh, definitely at the top of my list, and I have not played him in a long time. Um, Brooklyn, on the, you know, like I say, with Irving out now, it does change things. It brings either Harden or Durant into play. So if you want to match Giannis on the other side, you have Harden at 10-6, Durant at 10-3, and can't go wrong either direction. Uh, right now, I'm actually leaning Harden. Uh, at that 10-6 number. Patty Mills at 5-3 becomes much more relevant with no Kyrie Irving. David Duke's been getting decent run with this first group. He's only 4K. And Nicholas Claxton at 5 and LaMarcus Aldridge at 5-2. Both are decent, but a lot of split minutes here, uh, and that's a bit of a concern. So it could be pay up city for me here and then uh, make the rest work as we go. All right, game four, Minnesota Timberwolves, Oklahoma City Thunder. Minnesota's favored by five and a half. It's a 215 total, 110.25 for Minnesota. The Oklahoma City Thunder, it's a 104.75. They have not been scoring the ball well at all. As, uh, as far as the records coming in, Minnesota's 18 and 20. The Thunder are 13 and 24. Uh, not much affecting on these these rosters tonight. Balmaro and Wright out for Minnesota, so nobody cares about that one. Favors and Roby out for the Thunder. All that does is uh, shorten the rotation uh, for the bigs. But uh, interesting to see that we have two teams almost at full strength in this game. 
Minnesota is seventh in pace, the Thunder 13th. So you have two teams that push it up and down. So the 215 number, a little low there. Uh, defensively, Minnesota 10th, the Thunder 15th. So within reason there as well. All kinds of opportunities here. I mean, the problem is you have Beverly, Russell, Edwards, Vanderbilt, and Towns back. And now you have Beasley, Reed, McDaniels, Noel off the bench. So they are very deep, uh, a decent team. I think this team uh, should be winning a lot more ball games. I think you're gonna they'll they'll go on a run if they can keep everybody healthy. Uh, very difficult though to figure here I'm, as far as the usage goes because having all of them back, it's been a while, and then they're gonna want to get minutes uh, for the bench guys. So not a not a focal point for me. Don't particularly want to pay up for Anthony Edwards at eight or Cat at nine nine. Russell seven five also just a bit high uh, in the fact that he's going to have to share so much of this usage. Vanderbilt's been terrific when he's in there at four eight, but he's got to split some minutes with Jaden McDaniel's, who's four six and also has been good. So Minnesota not looking very tasty here uh, tonight. On the, on the Thunder side, you know, we know when, when Shea plays, uh, you know, he's, he's very solid. He's 8-7, uh, but he's going to get a little bit of Pat Bev defense at 5-5. Five, five. Pat's probably going to get in there. But defensively, Shea, you know, he, he has a little trouble against Beverly statistically, but, you know, he gets his. I mean, his usage is really high. The only other guy really – to get excited about here is Josh Giddy, but he's up to seven, six now, which is high. And his assist ratio plummets with uh, SGA on the floor and just makes it hard to want to pay up to that number. Uh, Lou Dort at five, seven is back too. So now there's a little bit more usage share. So this, this game is not a game that I will probably have anybody from. Uh, you can get a cheaper guy, in like an Aaron Wiggins or JRE, but only in a GPP setting. All right, next one's Washington Wizards, Chicago Bulls. Another good total here. We've got, um, let's see here. We've got the Wizards, our, our underdogs by six and a half, 223 total, 108.25 for Washington, 114.75 uh, for the Chicago Bulls. Coming into the game, Washington 500 at 19 and 19, Chicago an impressive 25 and 10. Uh, we do have some news here. Probable is Gill and Wanamaker for the Wizards. Montrez Harrell, that's massive news. He is questionable. So if he returns, that blows Gafford out of the water, and that split would be back. Bertans is doubtful. And then we still have Bryant, Hashimura, and Waters out. For the Bulls, we have four guys out. Caruso, Cook, Green, and Williams. So a lot of these uh, guys back into the thick of things for both sides. A good total. And then uh, as far as pace, though, Washington 23rd, Chicago 12th. And then defensive efficiency, Washington's only 22nd. Chicago's down to 12th. They were in the top 10 for a while. So a lot of, you know, a lot of options here. Spencer Dinwiddie at 6-8 uh, certainly is uh, a possibility. Bradley Beal, I'm still, still feeling the sting from the other day. 
He was leading us to victory and fouled out at the beginning of the fourth quarter. So I'm still steamed about that. He's a, a very expensive 10-4. I'm not going to go to the big payup uh, with him, especially with Dinwiddie, Kuzma, and those guys back. Coldwell Pope has smashed a few slates at 5-5. You can always look at him. Kuzma all the way up to 8K makes it tough. And again, we need the news on Harrell. If Harrell plays, he's 4-6, but he'll split with Gafford at 6-4. If Harrell happens to sit again, then Gafford becomes in play. Not interested in anybody on the bench for the Wizards. For the Bulls, <clears throat> you've got Levine, DeRozan, and Voot back. So uh, on top of that with Lonzo Ball. So we're back into that scenario. How do you slice up the usage on Chicago? Uh, DeRozan has been the safest place uh, to go, but he is probably going to get some Caldwell Pope defense or Kyle Kuzma defense. DeRozan's 9-2, though, like I say, would be my first option. Uh, Levine, a little pricey at 9-7. He'll also get some KCP defense. Um, Ball, a little high at 7-3. Vuk at 9-1 can always be considered, but when the team's at full steam here, it makes it very, very difficult. Kobe White at 5-3 is getting pinched out now, too, with, with everybody back, uh, but really played well when he had the opportunity. So another tough game. I mean, there's not a lot of just dead obvious plays today. With some of these teams getting healthy, you really got to give a, a strong, uh, deep dive here to, to find the, the value and then the payups. All right, the next game, it's the Dallas Mavericks at the Houston Rockets. Dallas favored by two and a half. It's a 216 and a half total, 109.5 for Dallas, 107 for the Houston Rockets. Dallas comes in at 20 and 18, the Rockets at 11 and 28. Uh, status for the Mavericks, we have Bobon and Thomas are probable. Luca doubtful, he's not going to play, so just count X him out. Cauley Stein and Porzingis also out. So a game without Luca and KP, uh, always a challenge for Dallas. On the Houston side, you have Brooks and Giroux, probable. Jengun, doubtful. And Garuba and Wall, out. So as we look at this game, you know, the statistically, let's take a, a breeze here. Dallas is 29th, so... Slow, slow team, but Houston's third. So it is a major pace-up game for Dallas, and they use their lose their two monster usage guys uh, in Luka and KP. So definitely some opportunity for some of these other maps. The uh, pace down for Houston, though, all the way to having to play a team 29th isn't going to help matters there. Defensively, Dallas is up to eighth. Houston is 29th. So... You've got terrible defense on top of that. A couple of just easy ones. I mean, Jalen Brunson, I believe, will be the highest-owned player on the slate. He's only 7K. His price just dropped, and he's going to have to carry the show. It's that simple. Uh, everything, you know, I just don't see how you don't play him in every single contest, even as a blocker. I mean, I know he's, you know, it can go both ways. You know, when you have a blocker that just stinks, uh, it doesn't hurt you that bad because everybody else owns him. Uh, if he crushes, then, you know, you can't be without him. So um, Brunson automatic at 7K. Also, you know, a possibility of a Maxi Kleba. He's only 4K, and he has really been playing better 
since he's been starting and back in the flow. Uh, he is, he's a nice buy-down number for a guy that should get a lot more shots. Dorian Finney-Smith has played better. He's at 5-3. I think he's also in play. So those are the three Mavs that I'm looking at. Uh, there's a lot of different directions you can go. Um, even a Reggie Bullock's not out of the question at three seven because it does give you a you know a route to to buy up in other spots. Um, as far as on the on the Houston side, you know we saw Christian Wood come back and have a good game. He's only seven one. We know that Dallas struggles with the interior. And he's definitely my favorite rocket here. Uh, you know, he's he has a little chip on his shoulder. He and Porter, after the incident of not wanting to go in the game, getting suspended a game, <clears throat> they both came back and played really well in their first game back. And I think Wood uh, can take advantage of the uh, interior of Dallas. So at 7-1, he's a great buy-up. Uh, you know, Porter at 6'3", and Green at 5K can always be uh, looked at, but not going to make the top of my list uh, at this moment. All right, we go on to the Sacramento Kings and Denver Nuggets, a 9 o'clock game, so we're out of that 8 o'clock group. Uh, there's three games later, the 9 o'clock, a 10, and, and another 10. So the Sacramento Kings, Denver Nuggets, You've got Denver minus eight and a half, a solid 224 and a half total, 108 for the Sacramento Kings, a nice 116 and a half for Denver. Sacramento comes in at 16 and 24, Denver at 18 and 18, also another 500 squad trying to fight for a playoff spot. As far as uh, player situation here for Sacramento, uh, Terrence Davis should return. He's probable. No homes, no Metu. So the two bigs for Sacramento still out. Um, for Denver, Aaron Gordon is uh, probable. Bones Highland also should be back today. The questionable guys are Green and Najee. And then the three guys that are out are Kanchar, Howard, and Murray. Statistically speaking here, you've got a great pace for Sacramento at fifth. Denver 24th. So big pace up game plus for the for Denver, vice versa for the Kings. Defensively, not good team. Sacramento 24th, Denver 20th. That's why, you know, the 224 and a half number, very solid. Um, the eight and a half favoritism for Denver, you know, is there blowout potential there? Maybe. Denver has not played the best ball lately. So this game should stay decently close. You've got a couple of obvious ones here. Uh, Joker is 12K. And pretty much for me, it's going to come down to either Giannis or the Joker. I'm leaning a little towards Giannis right now. But, you know, you can only pay up so much in so many spots, especially for bigs. So uh, that's that's the big decision a lot of people are going to have to make. Um, other guys in play. Again, you've got a lot of key guys back here. Uh, Fox and Halliburton are both 7-2, so you can flip a coin on those guys. Um, interesting to see who ba Will Barton will guard. Will he guard Fox or Halliburton? Teams seems, seem to be uh, scheming more against Halliburton. Uh, I don't know if, if Fox will take that as a little disrespect or not, but uh, you know, either one of those guys could be guarded by Barton, which would, would slow him down a little bit. But uh, – 
I think, you know, either one is, is playable there at that mid-level price. I'm not on Barnes. He's all the way down to 5-5, but he's just been bad here for several games. I don't think he's right. Bagley at 4-6, risky. I do like Damian Jones at 4K. I think, you know, with the two bigs still out, he's a steal, and he play he, he gets DFS points. I mean, he's a good uh, player DFS-wise, and I think is, is a good option for a pay down or where you're playing an expensive center, uh, banking them uh, with Damian Jones on the two center sites. Um, after that, the bench is decent with Heald and Mitchell specifically, uh, and a little bit of, of Tristan Thompson and certainly Terrence Davis. So, you know, with that bench back, I don't want to go too deep on the on the Kings because I do think they're going to split minutes and usage uh, throughout the game. Uh, other than the Joker on Denver, it's you know, it's been a, a common theme all year, Joker or bust as far as Denver goes. But I think you can look at some other guys. Uh, Morris is so cheap <clears throat> at 4-5. Barton's fair at 5-8. Gordon, if he's going to get full minutes, can smash a 5-1 number, no doubt about that. But after that, you know, I I don't really feel you have to go Green, Composo, Rivers, uh, Highland, maybe Highland at three, two, if he's going to get 20, 25 minutes, uh, that's a great price for a guy that can really do well. And it's a, a major pace up situation. So there's value to be had with the nuggets. And I think, uh, they are a couple of their guys, decent plays today. All right. Last two games, the two 10 o'clock games, it's the Atlanta Hawks and the Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers are favored by three. It's a 227 total, so you've got a, the second highest on the board. Excellent uh, game for DFS purposes. 112 for Atlanta implied, 115 for the LA Lakers. Atlanta comes in 17 and 20, Los Angeles 20 and 19. Tons and tons of news here for the Atlanta side, so clueless on what we even want to think here. But we've got Bogdanovich, Collins, and Trey Young all questionable. Uh, yeah, that matters a bit. And then probable, we've got Johnson and Reddish. So they sh could be back. And then out, Jeng, Hunter, and Oliver. So how do we unscramble that? Not much there. You can set up for late swap, having another 10 o'clock game there if you want to gamble on somebody. Uh, I did that the last late with Trey Young. And it created just a steamroll. You know, we, we set it up well where we had good pivots and we did what we needed to do and we cashed in some spots. But it is a, a gut punch when you lose your top guy or top couple guys in those late games and have to make the swaps. But if you're going to do it, uh, do like we did last time. Put put uh, Young in or whomever's questionable in that spot where it's easiest to do the swap so that you don't get stung. On the Lakers side, LeBron James, probable. What else is new? Anthony Davis and Kendrick Nunn are out. So statistically wise, 18th pace for Atlanta, which is surprising. They played so fast last year. Lakers are second, though. So it is a good pace up for whichever Hawks end up playing this game. Defensively, Atlanta stinks 27th. Lakers all the way down to 14 back in the middle of the pack after they had moved into that top 10 for a while. Um, so, you know, it's it's a good game DFS-wise for points, but we, we don't know what's going to happen on the Atlanta side. So Trey Young at 10-5, Bogdanovich at 5-4, uh, 
Herter at five blew up the slate the other night, literally broke the slate. Collins at seven, four, Capella at eight, two. They're expensive, though, uh, for some of those guys. And we just need to see what that's going to look like because we could have Gallo at four, six, Reddish at five, five. Those guys can be in the mix as well if some of the Hawks uh, sit as, you know, with those questionable tags. So stay tuned. And if, you know, if you want to find out that news, we are the place to be. DFSCoachTalk.com. What we recommend is that you find your contest you want to be in the night before, pick them, just put a dummy lineup in there, get the contest you want selected, join us in the morning, check out our podcast, start shuffling in a reasonable lineup that makes sense based on our initial information in Discord and in our, our podcast, and then follow us throughout the afternoon. We're on the, the entire time giving updates probable lineups, who's in, who's out, are there any minutes restrictions, etc. And then we'll get you up to that 30 minutes before lock, where we will provide all our members in Discord a, a coach's clipboard for DraftKings, which gives you the five highlighted players for your core, and then a recommendation for all of the other players to fill in uh, the entire roster for DraftKings. We also give out a full roster, both for uh, hybrid slash cash on Yahoo and on uh, FanDuel. Same thing with the GPP lineup, full lineup on Yahoo and on FanDuel. So we work hard for you. We get them done. And then our jobs aren't done, as we've learned, uh, when the lock starts. If you're going to go out to dinner with a significant other tonight or going out, doing whatever, and you're not going to pay any attention to the games this evening, I would take the night off. I know I've been preaching that a lot lately, but there's just too much movement with all the COVID stuff, all the injuries, all the 10 days. I mean, it's just constant movement, big news, big swaps almost every night. So let us do that work for you. At least have your alert set. So if you do play and we see somebody sitting uh, or is now in with no restrictions and we're going to change lineups, then, you know, all you have to do is, is jump in discord and we'll have that ready for you, including those full lineups for FanDuel and Yahoo. So anyway, back to this Atlanta news, that's again, going to be uh, very interesting with, with all of these guys, because a guy like Reddish or Gullinari could be important uh, if Bogdanovich young, some of these guys sit. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. And the Lakers side, I mean, LeBron at 11-6, a fine payup option. Uh, but today is tough. I mean, you know, huge payups all around, some good ones, especially Giannis, the Joker, and LeBron. But you're going to have to choose one of them if you really want to have an, a, a competitive lineup. Uh, you could possibly get two, but you're going to have to really dumpster die for that last guy or two. But there's great you know, value all over the place. And we'll get a lot more open up as the day goes on. So it leaves a lot of options. Certainly LeBron, ha LeBron has to be one of those top three to consider. Russ at 10-1, uh, risky. I know a lot of guys try to catch that lightning in the bottle and get a 75 gamer for Westbrook. We know he's going to throw a few up on the board, but we also know he's going to throw some 30s on there uh, that uh, 3X is not going to get it done. So uh, not not really focusing on that spot. Um, other than that, though, the Lakers have a lot of moving parts here with Monk, 
Bradley, Stanley Johnson now, Carmelo Anthony, THT, Ariza, uh, Reeves, Dwight Howard. So I don't really want any of those guys. It's more than likely going to be LeBron or Bust, a possibility of Malik Monk at 5'8", or Carmelo at 5'2", but not very likely. All right, last game on the slate. It's, it's an interesting one as well and, and has uh, good matchups here. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers and Portland Trailblazers. Cleveland minus five. It's a 216 total. You have a 110.5 for Cleveland, 105.5 for the Portland Trailblazers. Cleveland comes in at 21 and 17. Portland at 14 and 23. For Cleveland, we know that uh, Osman and Rondo are probable. So Rajon Rondo, welcome to Cleveland. Uh, Okoro is out. Uh, for Portland, Zeller questionable. So we could get the Nurkic's backup back. And then the trio of Lillard, McCollum, and Nance, three starters for Portland, all out. So interesting here. We've got Cleveland, the 20th pace in the league. Portland, only 16th, which is surprising because they usually play faster. Uh, defense, Cleveland's been phenomenal. They're third. And Portland, uh, 30th. How about last? So you got to love some of these Cleveland players feasting on this poor defense from Portland. Who are we looking at? Well, you've got Garland at 9-3. Is he going to lose some of that ball handling and assist ratio to Rondo? That is a concern, and that has me, you know, questioning whether I want to take Garland or not. Then you've got uh, Markinen at 5'8 is cheap. And the two bigs, Mobley 7'4 and Allen 8'3, certainly both uh, need to be considered in this game without question. Uh, I think Mobley, I know he had a bad elbow, so I want to hear all the news on that uh, as the day goes on. But certainly want to have some representation from the Cavs side. I think it's too good of a spot. Same thing with Portland. I mean, Simon's at 6'2 now, a little bit higher price, but he's going to run the show. He's been terrific multiple games in a row. Norman Powell, 7'1", and Nazir Little, 4'8", two other options that I think are very good. Uh, not going to look at the Nurkic side of things. It's 7K with the two bigs from Cleveland uh, and their good interior defense and, and with Zeller probably coming back. Uh, Bench-wise, you're going to get some help from Macklemore, Smith Jr., but not enough to uh, want to play any of those guys. But, you know, looking at Garland, Markinen, Mobley, Allen, Simons, Powell, Little, lots of possibilities here. Definitely going to have uh, a couple of guys from this game. So Cleveland and Portland, I think very solid game. Uh, Bucks, Nets also for DFS points. But there's all kinds of value, all kinds of pay-up potential all over the board. So it's going to be a great night. We're expecting to crush it here at Coach Talk. Uh, we'd love to have you join in. If you're heading out the door here and you're watching us on YouTube, a quick thumbs up, quick comment, and hit that subscribe button. And uh, if you're listening to our audio podcast, we have a drawing at the end of each month for a free full week all-access membership to Coach Talk. All you have to do is give us a five stars and quick comment in any of our podcast landing spots, and you will qualify for that drawing at the end of the month. All right, that is it, my friends. I'm excited for this slate. It's going to be an excellent one. 
We're looking to really get after it. I think there's potential here, some great contests. Also, if you want to tune in tonight, we'll be uh, providing our weekend PGA lineups for the Kapalua Century Champions uh, Tournament. Uh, that will go on. That's a fun one watching in the evening uh, in Hawaii. We'll be posting those at 11, 11.30 this evening for the weekend slate. <clears throat> All right, that is it. Enjoy your Friday. Uh, let's get after it. Tomorrow's going to be a fun one. Always my favorite podcast of the week on Saturdays. You'll get uh, Mr. Josh Crash Davis and I Saturday mornings for the Saturday slate. It's a six-gamer tomorrow. We'll also build a two brains are better than one uh, GPP lineup for FanDuel on that podcast. So thank you for listening in. Enjoy your day, and we'll be back again tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.